Welcome to F the Diet podcast. I'm delighted to have here as my guest, Rieta Welding. She is been helping people around the world for more than 22 years. And her passion is getting people back to the things they love the most. In particular, moms after giving birth. This has become more of the focus of her focus after having her own child. Beautiful child, I know personally. <laughs> she loves preparing moms for pregnancy and birth process. Rieta, welcome. Thank you so much, Mariana. Thank you for having me. Rieta, um, we are big friends and colleagues, me and Rieta. Uh, all the years I know Rieta, I just love her more and more. She's just full of empathy. You can trust her. She's a great friend. It's a great professional. I just have good things to tell about her. But right now I would like to know, do you have any experience of dieting in your life? Something you can share with us? Of course. Firstly, likewise, Mariana, I just love you. And yeah, everything I get to know about you every day, I just love you more. A <laughs> um, little bit about my history with dieting. I had a tumultuous relationship with my body, starting from puberty years, I guess. And it just spiraled into me trying every single diet under the sun including these horrible crash diets and that just became an issue of then binge eating on weekends in particular and then i'll try and be good during the week um or i'll just follow one crash diet with a binge eating episode and then purging as well at one stage thankfully that didn't last very long but i did go through that um and it became really unhealthy to the point where i one day passed out on top of a patient i was treating and um i woke up sitting on the floor and him asking me are you okay are you okay and i'm just wondering where am i <laughs> Because I started getting these hypoglycemic episodes where my blood sugar will just be really high and then dropping really low. Oh, and then um, thankfully I started learning about eating better from one of my friends at uni. And I sort of followed this on and off. Um, sporadically I would just fall back into my horrible eating. Um, but then moving to the UK was another adaptation period with lots of things to deal with but thankfully then I started working in a gym environment which for the most part was good but there's also this competitive element right mm -hmm. in the gym where you have to start training more and seeing to perform and everybody watches what you eat but it's all becoming super healthy so then we started doing this thing I started doing this thing where you would cut out major food groups mm. and be only vegetarian or vegan. And get, don't get me wrong, it's, there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you make sure that you get all the nutrients that you need. So there's a healthy way and an unhealthy way to do all of those mm. things. Good. And the other aspect was in overtraining as well, mm. um, which I'm sure so many of your listeners can identify with. 
and exhaustion and your period just goes away my period went away for a little bit and your woman just started fluctuating not feeling well um yeah and then i just had to get to a point where i sat down with myself and realized that even though this might look good from the outside because i'm running marathons and i'm squatting 85 kilograms and you know i'm doing i'm looking good but i'm binging on the weekends i'm constantly crying i'm not having a period what am i doing to myself oh rita and i had to sit and <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know the, the story, don't you, Mariana? Uh, yeah, but our listeners, when I hear you, so it's so important for people to realize that um, I think we all tasted and failed in diets and felt so weak or felt so disempowered of what we are capable to do in our life because um, sometimes the methodology is wrong. It's not that you have anything wrong. The methodology is wrong that you are approaching. If you change this like yeah. Rieta did, Rieta discovered how to live healthy and uh, to have a balance in her life and to fit everything in her busy life. And, uh, and that's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Please tell me the rest because I think you continue until you have the, your baby. What's happening there? So I had that moment where I had to really sit down with myself and tell myself, uh, look, you need to start loving yourself. If you don't feel like you're, I'm loving myself now, what is it that I'm not loving? Mm. And I started thinking about my body. Mm. And I realized, but my body is running miles for me. You know, my body is squatting and training in the gym for me my body is enjoying so many things in my life for me it's my vehicle why am i not loving it yeah and i started loving myself mm. and then i started realizing well if i do this binge eating i'm really just not feeling good mm. my body is not feeling good so i did it less and less and when i realized when i eat all this healthy food I feel so energized mm. and revitalized. And I realized when I run too far, my body is just taking too long to recover. So I started running shorter distances, but I was still training, just doing things that really served. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you get, when you do it from that point of view, where you really assess with your body, check in, yeah, this is good then carry on with it. But if your body goes, I'm struggling with this, I know you wanted to do this, but I'm struggling. Then you say, I'm sorry, body, let's change. Yeah. Let's do it so it, you know, it's, it's good for us. Fantastic when we get to this point of connecting and aligning with our body so we can perform. That's how I, I really teach in my methodology. Um, so, you you have this great empathy right now and uh, it's good for people to know that was not always like this um you have this empathy with your body with yourself with your clients tell me why you start to work with moms and uh, what's the main issue that you saw people having and i'm gonna change this because there is a solution and i can be part of this solution 
I, it started actually when I realized I was seeing more and more mums in my clinic. And we didn't, when I graduated physio school, we didn't learn much about the pelvic floor giving birth. It was a very short little module that we learned, not much at all. So I realized that I want to mean more to these mums. I want to be able to help them better. And I started learning about these things and did some courses. But then I also became pregnant. And I, being who I am, and we have the luxury these days of planning pregnancies, isn't it? You you can prepare, and I was not. I didn't. I didn't stop at anything. I prepared my body and my household as well as I could. I was eating all the right stuff. I was doing all the right things. I was sleeping. I was taking the right supplements. I was doing the strength training. I was getting my partner involved. I did everything to prepare my body for this baby. And during pregnancy, the same thing. I got rid of all the toxins in my house. I was, you know, everything, everything, everything. Pregnancy was, my pregnancy was amazing. Can I ask and you then I went through the, the age that you had your pregnancy? Yes, I was 43. Fantastic. It's very good for our audience to know how healthy um, you are and how healthy it was in your pregnancy. Because some people uh, might think that you have to be younger or that age you cannot have anymore. And you are living proof of this. And everything that you pass, including all these um, health-related problems, leave it you to love your body and to be ready for this moment on your pregnancy. So I love how life give a full circle and bring you back on this. So tell me more about uh, um, your pregnancy. Uh, the, the pregnancy was amazing. I felt great the whole time. Me and baby were doing incredibly well. I was doing this hypnobirthing course. And I'm a women's health physiotherapist, mm -hmm. you know, so mama, I'm just going to sail through this birth process. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It went not so wrong because, I mean, the outcome was amazing. I'm so grateful for a really good outcome. But my experience was not very different from so many of the stories, I mean, 80% of the stories I hear in my clinic. Mm. So it's not uncommon for this to happen. Mm. It happens mm. every day. I can't tell you the statistics, but it happens. My labor and birth did not go according to the plan. I was in the active pushing phase for three hours By then I was already exhausted because my contraction started more than it was coming up to 24 hours ago. So no, it was 20, 20, more than 24 hours ago. I lose track of time. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, the, my options were completely, there wasn't many options left. I wanted to have a water birth. I've done the hypnobirthing. I've prepared my body. I've gone to the best hospital for this water birth which is slightly further away from my nearest hospital 
Um, so, you know, I did what I could to make sure that this is the best possible outcome. And still, baby just would not come out. So, I mean, thinking about this, my mother's mom died giving birth wow. to her. So, I don't know if there might be some of that history, trauma, fear, that could have blocked this process for me, right? Mm. I don't know. Mm. Me going through all of what I know and preparing, I thought that I have dealt with this, but something was preventing baby from just moving through that birth canal. So I had to go into theater then after three exhausting, actively pushing hours that nothing happened. Poor Neil was exhausted by then as well. He was just hands in his hair, didn't know what to do. And please, mamas, if you're listening to this, listen to your partners, you know. For them, it's hard as well. They know less than you. And if they tell you that they don't really know what to do or they don't, they're not comfortable being there, get a doula. I'm definitely getting a doula next Those women and people are undervalued. But anyway, so all of a sudden, rushed into theater, cannulas everywhere. Um, they had to cut me, but by then the surgeon has explained that I've already torn. So, you know, there's a lot of soft tissue damage and, and the episiotomy is needed. And they had to help baby out with forceps. Um, which thankfully didn't didn't scar him at all. And baby was well, but you know, all the things that you want to do mm-hmm. after giving birth is you want I wanted to hold my baby and they rushed him off. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted Neil to cut the placenta. That wasn't an option. <laughs> so all of these things that you plan, you know, just don't happen. And then we had to be observed for twelve hours afterwards. So thinking about it at the time you just go through this i was in such a frozen state you know the fight flight or freeze i was in such a frozen state that i felt that uh, afterwards i thought why didn't i stand up for myself more why didn't i make different choices but at the time honestly i promise you you need someone else that can advocate at times yeah. of uh, high stress, you need someone else to have your back and do good decisions for you. But your baby's just beautiful and healthy. Um, I have many clients that, um, for example, if they're going to jump, um, they, they don't want to jump because um, they might feel uncomfortable that some leaking will happen when they jump. Some uh, with back pain that could be re- correlated with pelvic floor. So please tell us about pelvic floor. If this is a problem just for women, for men, tell us what could be signs that you have pelvic floor problems. So definitely after giving birth, it's very common to have leaking three or four, maybe even a week after giving birth. Mm-hmm. But you definitely don't want that to continue. So if your GP tells you, Mama, that 
oh, you've had your baby, you're going to be incontinent. Do not accept. Do not accept. Thank because it's common, but it's not normal. Um, so if you have leaking, either urine or feces, then fecal incontinence, that's not normal. That's pelvic floor problems. If you have, uh, for women, a visible um, bulging at the opening of the vagina or you feel a dragging or there's pain, it can be a prolapse. That's very common, but not normal. It can be helped. It can There's treatment available for that. If you have pain or discomfort during sex, that can be pelvic floor issues and it can be improved and treated. And pelvic floor problems are not just for women. Men struggle as well. So for men, the same if they struggle with incontinence, if they struggle with erectile dysfunction, pelvic floor treatment can help and improve. If they have prostate problems, of course, get the prostate checked. But if there's been surgery, pelvic floor treatment can definitely help for that. Um, and the same with any scar from surgery. So thinking of C-sections as well, mamas who had C-sections, treating the scar is really important. It's really, really important in 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 any scar on the body. Uh, I see all over um, the body. When we treat the scar, yeah. we get better output in the body, better performance. So really, really well done. So we're gonna think about pelvic floor when we think about um, incontinence, um, erectile dysfunction, um, uh, back pain in some cases. Uh, pain during sex yes. and uh, is that uh, the first signs we're going to look off is that correct definitely correct yes okay yes, some back pain can be due to pelvic floor mm -hmm. pelvic girdle pain during pregnancy has lots of facets mm -hmm. but the pelvic floor is a big part of that yeah so the pelvic floor is the base layer of our core canister mm -hmm. so it's involved in everything we do you breathe pelvic floor is involved mm. wow and can you give us um three practical tips uh, for our audience to work in their pelvic floor something that they can do to improve themselves today you're just breaking up a little bit so i'll just uh, make sure, did I hear correctly? So you want me to give some tips for the audience about training their pelvic floor? Exactly. Practical tips for the audience. Okay. Um, so the first one I would say, start doing a breathing practice, breathing and meditation as well for several reasons. But the breathing, you can definitely get your pelvic floor and your diaphragm, your pelvic floor and your diaphragm, do this beautiful dance where one contracts and the other relaxes. So one contracts and the other relaxes. And this is to keep the intra-abdominal pressure the same through movement. So when you breathe, especially when you do your nice deep breathing, as you exhale, the, pelvic, uh, the diaphragm relaxes and your pelvic floor naturally lifts a little bit. So you can use your breath to start training your pelvic floor. And this is really handy for mamas in late stage of pregnancy 
and immediately after giving birth because it's quite painful but you can start by breathing you can just start by doing some breath and then get the pelvic floor active you start activating those neuromuscular patterns from the brain to the pelvic floor your brain starts realizing it's okay to contract to use the pelvic floor and then you can progress from there so that's my first step. Well, that's a fantastic tip I, I will just ask you one detail on this tip. Can uh, you show us one yeah. good breath? How how do you breathe? Because I see so many people trying to do breath work, but they go straight to the chest. So can you just show us one good breath? Okay. So you have to think about filling your lungs up with air and expanding around your body in a 360 spherical way. So make space for the lungs to expand, sit nice and straight and tall. Inhale through your nose. We're going to use the nose here for inhale and exhale, but if you prefer exhale through the mouth, it's fine. Inhale through your nose and think about the bottom ribs and the upper abdominal area expanding. So maybe I can show you a little bit on my body. Inhale, and I'm expanding my ribcage to the side, to the front, and the air is actually going into my belly as well. Just making my belly full. I'm not doing a Buddha belly out there. I'm just making my body full and making sure that I can not inhale any further. I filled my lungs as much as possible. And now I'm going to exhale, just passive exhale. Exhale. And as you feel the diaphragm come down, can you tune into that pelvic floor and feel a little activity there? And if you do, just enhance it a little bit by lifting those muscles more in and upwards. Think about behind your belly button, just to have a visualization. Imagine that you're lifting it up into that abdominal cavity. Inhale through your nose, expanding 360 filling those lungs with air as much as you can until you can't anymore and then passive exhale and as you relax lifting the pelvic floor a little bit more. wow now if you are not sure does that make sense absolutely thank you the explanation made such a difference yes Please go for so, If you are not sure that you're doing it correctly, I would invest in either a session with a women's health or a public health physiotherapist so that they can assess and tell you what exactly is happening in the pelvic floor. Or you get amazing biofeedback devices these days. Invest in one of those. You have a probe that you insert and then it shows you on a little screen what you're doing with your pelvic floor. I'm going to put so your details done. On, on, on the notes of this show so people can contact you as well. Anytime. I'll be very happy to help. Can I... There was a little research done um, a while, a number of years ago now, where they saw that some people think that they're using the pelvic floor correctly, but then they're actually bearing down. So bearing down, think about when you have to do a poo. 
and you're pushing. So that's not what you want in the pelvic floor. You want this lifting action. Wow. So many um, different ideas that probably people never heard about in different attentions, focus. Uh, where you focus, you can change. You can, um, you can completely transform your life when you start to pay focus in areas that you never focused before. So please give me tip number two and three. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where attention goes, energy flows. <laughs> and when we know better, we do better, isn't it? Like Maya Angelou says. So true. <laughs> Let's go for tip number two. Um, so tip number two is um, do not accept the status quo. If your doctor tells you a certain thing and you don't agree with it, go and look for a second opinion, go and do your research, ask people. You do not have to put up with the what we call the death sentence, you know, oh, you're going to be incontinent for the rest of your life. Oh, you won't be able to have a baby oh, you won't be able to have a vaginal birth or no, you're not having a, a C-section. Whatever it is that you desire to have, go and look for the information about it. Go and see people. Um, we are living in this amazing age now, isn't it, Mariana, where medicine is just escalating into this thriving and well-being rather than just health. Oh. Thank you so much. I absolutely agree. And thank you for so much for tip number two uh, to don't, don't just um, accept the status quo. Because if I had accepted the status quo, I would still have fibromyalgia in my life until now. I would still have pain in my back. I would still have so many things that I don't have anymore. So I think giving the whole power for one singular person it is not okay. Um, we should, yeah. even a, a doctor, try many dro doctors, try different alternative um, uh, medicine, try anything else until you get what you want because um, someone has solved the problem you have. It's just a matter of um, meeting yeah. this person. That's why we bring different and very renowned professionals here in this podcast so you can find the person that can solve your problem please tip number three yes exactly okay tip number three is move more so by moving more i mean move in more varied movements move with a greater variety of movements so Get a diverse exercise program, movement program, do different classes, go to different things, start dancing, start doing parkour, <laughs> um, just things that make you move. Because movement, they've realized recently, is akin to nutrition. If you eat the same food every single day, Regardless of how healthy this food is, you will get the same nutrients every day. Now, we benefit from a greater variety of nutrients. The more varied your nutritional intake can be, the better it is for you. 
Same with movement. Mm. If you do the same movement every single day, you might be really fit and strong in your what you do, your running or your squatting, but that's your limited nutritional movements, mm. if I can call it that. So do what you can to improve the variety of movements. Take up something that you've not done before, something novel. Start a yoga class, go swimming, do water aerobics, uh, climb trees, climb rocks. Hula um, hooper. Fly a kite. Um, <laughs> sorry? Hula hooping. Say again? Hula hooping. <laughs> exactly. Anything. Exactly, play. Exactly. So good. This is very important to prevent injuries, to have a better pelvic floor, but to everything in life, when you start to have the same kind of movement, you start to have issues in the body, imbalances and everything. And yeah. that at certain points will try to stop your body. So please play like a kid, enjoy, enjoy movement, try a huge variety. At the end of the day, yeah. you just know what you like it if you try it. And so... Yeah. Amazing. So just re recap for us. Tip number one, two, three. Tip, Tip number one is do start a breathing and meditation practice for several reasons. Go and read up on it. It's so amazingly beneficial. If you want more information about this, you're welcome to contact me and I'll send you more information. Breathing and meditation practice. Second tip is do not accept what you've been told, especially by healthcare professionals. Um, we're in this day and age where things just escalate and new knowledge is, is available every day. So don't accept. Go and do the research. Find out for yourself. And if it comes to a point where you have to just make peace with what decision there is then you, at least you know you've got the information and you'll be more prepared and tip number three is move in a greater variety of movements think of a little baby when they learn to walk and start moving and they just do every new thing every day nobody goes and tells the baby look you have to activate your pelvic floor now or you have to use your core now <laughs> when we learn new things novel things our autonomic nervous system takes over and the magic happens. Wow, fantastic. We learned so much. Thank you so much, Rieta. Please uh, let us know how people can find you and how to contact you. Give social media, website, any way my audience can meet, uh, meet you. And I'm going to put your details as well in the notes. So I have a little website called pelvicfloorrestore.com and my clinic website is se1physio.com. I'm also on LinkedIn as Rita Welding and I'm not very active on Facebook and Instagram, but I am there. Um, so you can find me under Rita Welding and se1physio. It's been an enormous pleasure and we all learned so much. Thank you, Rieta. Thank you, Mariana. Thanks for this opportunity.